As usual, I asked our guest Justin Edwards to pound the table for someone this offseason. Justin, who are you pounding the table for? I'm pounding the table for Chicago Bears wide receiver Allen Robinson. Robinson has finished as a back-end wide receiver one for the past two seasons, and regardless who wins the Chicago quarterback job coming out of camp, it'll be the best quarterback Robinson has ever played with. <laughs> There's no doubt Justin Fields would add a dynamic that we have never seen from a Chicago offense, but even if Andy Dalton is throwing the ball, it will be an upgrade over Mitch Trubisky, Nick Foles, Blake Bortles, anyone else that Robinson's been playing with. Uh, Dalton was able to support a good outing for each of Amari Cooper, CeeDee Lamb, and Michael Gallup last year. So, in addition to Robinson, maybe we should be giving a little love to Darnell Mooney here as well. Ooh, I like that. I I love the idea that Allen Robinson's best quarterback ever is Blake Bortles. It absolutely cracks me up <laughs> that we say that. So, yeah, I, I'm with you. Excellent. Follow Justin's advice, listeners. Go get you some Allen Robinson and maybe sprinkle a little uh, Darnell Mooney in there. So, now let's get to the show. Welcome, everyone, to the most accurate podcast. I am your humble host, Brandon Niles, and co-host today is the very busy Jen Akins. What's up, Jen? Hey, how's it going? You know, it's funny. As I, uh, as Justin was just pounding the table, I just uh, made a pick, which is always fun. I made a pick in the underdog uh, puppy tournament. Which, Ooh, I love uh, the puppy. I love, you know, the puppy. I saw a stat this morning. The puppy's like 89% full, which is insane. So oh, people out, I know it just opened like a week ago. So if people uh, want to take advantage and get in on that puppy or any of them uh, right now, four for four, we actually have a really good promo uh, going with them uh, with underdog that you can, if you put in just 10 bucks, underdog will give you 25 bucks uh, back to play with. And you get a free four for four subscription, which is ridiculous. I don't even, I don't know what the actual number is value. Cause I, but you're looking at probably like a 70 something dollar value for 10 bucks. Yeah. I don't know who's making money on that promo. Me either. I, but it, it's, <laughs> and, and it's been running for like a month or two. So uh, yeah, get in there and put your 10 bucks and you get a free four for four subscription and they give you 25 bucks to play with immediately. Awesome. Who'd you pick? Um, I actually just <laughs> picked Sam Darnold to go with my, uh, I had a little stack. Uh, I have uh, DJ Moore and Robbie Anderson. Of course so. you have Robbie Anderson. Yeah, yeah of course you do. so <laughs> I just picked Sam Darnold in the 16th round uh, to complete that little stack. Nice low cost stack. Uh, thanks, mm -hmm. Jen. As I mentioned, we're excited to have friend, 4 for 4 offensive line guru, regular guest, all around good dude, Justin Edwards, back on the show today. You can follow Justin on Twitter at Justin underscore Redwards and read all his fantastic stuff at 4 for Justin. Buddy, thanks for coming back. How you doing? Of course. It's always great to be here. Uh, I'm doing fantastic right in the throes of things. Got a, another week, maybe two, before the avalanche of news starts pouring in. So, um, you know, enjoying, enjoying the downtime. Excellent. Downtime. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this is when everything like ramps uh, up, I know, for Jen and, and, and myself as well. Everything ramps up in July. I'm working on lots of articles and blurbs that uh, Jen will unfortunately have to edit. But, oh, uh, yeah. <laughs> but you're here. Uh, we're going to talk AFC East today. We're going to do a fantasy breakdown of that division. Uh, but since we've got you on and since you do a lot of Dynasty content for us, Justin, I wanted to quickly kind of check in with you, find out who you think uh, – is doing well the rookies in camp right now who you've kind of monitored who uh any of the rookies really standing out in camp right now uh someone that maybe should be on uh dynasty players radars yeah i you know not a ton of news coming out right now training camps will open uh next week a few of them and then a majority will open around the 27th or 28th um there has been some rumblings about um 
Oh, I can't remember his first name. Who's the Sh- <laughs> Anthony Schwartz? I'm like, who's, who's the Schwartz in Cleveland? Who's Anthony, the Schwartz? <laughs> who's the Schwartz? Who's Schwartz's Cleveland's? Um, he's kind of pushing for that wide receiver three role, which could be interesting. Um, the only two guaranteed wide receivers on Cleveland pass this year are Schwartz and Donovan Peoples-Jones. So mm-hmm. if he can kind of work, sneak his way into there at the beginning of the season and, and carve out a role, he could be someone to keep an eye on in Dynasty. Um, Dwayne May Eskridge. the Schwartz be with, with you. May, That's all I could think of when you said yeah, exactly. who's the Schwartz. I just thought of Spaceballs. Who's the Schwartz? Um, Dwayne I wonder Eskridge, if that holds course. up, that movie. I'll have to look. I'll have to rewatch it. Yeah, I think it does. It's been it a minute. <laughs> well, some of Mel Brooks' movies don't exactly hold up. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> Sorry, we cut you off, Yeah, Justin. I totally do. Talk of the Schwartz. <laughs> oh, you are quite all right. Um... <laughs> Let's see, we've got Eskridge is the... Sorry, one of my tabs just started playing music. It threw me for a loop, too. <laughs> it's your Dwayne Eskridge tab. That's what it is. It is. You, it was I, literally my Dwayne Eskridge tab. That's how, that, I, that's how I imagined you. No, I was going to say, it's been, what, 10 minutes since you've talked about Eskridge? So that's right. Yeah, I know. It, like, automatically chimes in. At least I just it, yeah. imagined you with, uh, like, constantly a tab just with uh, running Dwayne Eskridge highlights. It's just always on in the background. Yeah. You've got a little music that you've made. I think you've synthesized it. You got a keyboard. You've got your Eskridge music. That's what I imagined. I just pull open the tab and like rub my monitor. Like, ah. Yeah. <laughs> so he, you know, he's doing good, of course. Um, more, more interesting for Rejaft. Uh, Javante Williams is looking like he's he might just slide directly into that passing game role in Denver and kind of build from there. So that's of course interesting for Dynasty and you know anyone drafting for this season as well. And that's really all I've got kind of showing out right now. We still we got to wait a little bit for those camp battles to kick off. Yeah, still early. Anyone falling behind or causing any concern right now? Um, you know, Matt Nagy continues to reiterate, kind of as I said in the, in the open, that Andy Dalton is the starter. Um, mm-hmm. the, the most recent quote I could find from him is, the only goal we have is to put the best quarterback out there, comma, Andy Dalton is our starter. So that kind of sucks yeah. <laughs> for Justin Fields. So we'll keep an eye on that, of course. Um, another promising rookie who could add another dimension to his team is, is Trey Lance over in San Francisco, fighting it out with Jimmy Garoppolo. Um, one kind of sliver of good, good news for both of those guys is a recent study that John Paulson did titled How Soon Do Rookie Quarterbacks Usually Play? Mm-hmm. He kind of came to the conclusion that Lance and Fields – most likely range of games played is somewhere around 15. So we could see either or both of them starting by like week three, which would be nice. That would be nice. Absolutely. Jen, um, if, if that's true and, and if, if, if they have a chance of starting, if Trey Lance starts, you know, right now looking at him in, in underdog right now, which is the ADP that I'm looking at, but for redraft, I imagine it'll be somewhat similar. Um, you know, he's going as, the 14th quarterback off the board right now. Um, are you interested in kind of taking a stab at Trey Lance at that cost, uh, given the weapons they have in San Francisco? Kind of. I, listen, in Kyle Shanahan's offense and who he has to work with, like you just mentioned, I'd put him probably around QB 14, you know, mm-hmm. a, a lo- or, or, or may sneak into low end QB one territory. So for me in redraft, that's kind of a no go. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, if you're in a two QB league or super flex, then he's definitely worth worth considering. But I think just to start out, um, I probably would not be targeting him just in redraft. Just if you're looking at a single QB league, 
Um, he may end up being a decent streamer, or he may end up, you know, if he does get that start after a couple weeks, uh, he may be, a, you know, he could be a waiver wire darling. But as far as straight up, you know, drafts in August, I think I'm going to pump the brakes a little bit on Lance. Sure. Um, and since uh, since Justin mentioned Javante Williams, that kind of news, he's going right now early sixth round. Uh, do you have interest in Williams or does Melvin Gordon still scare you off a little bit? I really want to like Williams a lot. And, mm-hmm. and I don't I'm scared that his ADP is going to start creeping up a little more. I've taken him, you know, early this summer uh, based on that fact that he probably will end up creeping up and being a little too expensive for my liking. I mean, listen, all the beat writers, like Justin said, seem to think he is going to, you know, start from from the beginning at least in that in that passing back role i just i feel like melvin gordon is not dead like i just Mm -hmm. don't know what's gonna happen with him i think we need a little more camp to figure it out i mean he's healthy at the moment i mean yes he does get hurt but so does everyone really i I just i don't think melvin gordon just gonna go away i mean he is a talented back so i think the more williams's adp creeps up the less i want him but sure. um, I, I do, you know, I, I like him. <laughs> <laughs> and they paid him last year. They paid Gordon last year. So I'm with right. you. Like they, I mean, you know, yeah. they gave him carries last year. So mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, thank you so much, Justin, for uh, talking about the rookies a little bit. We'll keep monitoring those camp battles and check in with you once in a while to see how it's going and see the stock of these rookies. <laughs> Folks, 4 for 4 is partnered with Underdog Fantasy, and I, for one, am taking full advantage. I'll be in dozens of leagues by the time the season begins, and I love the best ball format. I can draft a team and then enjoy zero maintenance all season long. No setting lineups, no waivers, no problem. You automatically get maximum points out of your team each week. Right now, we have a screaming good deal. If you deposit $10 at Underdog Fantasy and use the promo code 4 for 4 that's 4-F-O-R-4, you get $25 from Underdog. That's the price of admission to Best Ball Media 2 with $3.5 million in total prizes. And you get a pro subscription to 4 for 4 This is one of the best promos I've seen in my 14 years with 4 for 4 So take advantage. Go sign up today. Let's go into our division preview, the AFC East breakdown. Uh... I want to start with the Bills because four for four, I think Bills. I just think of TJ pounding the table for Josh Allen last year and how well that worked out. And and I kind of think about the Bills. Uh, I'm a Dolphins fan, so I'm not accustomed to rooting for the Bills, but they're kind of likable. And so I, I want to start with them, kind of start with the top. Uh, Justin, I'm going to start with you. Josh Allen, last year, 7th to 12th round, depending on what time of year you were taking him and drafting. Uh Huge value, obviously not going to be there this year. His ADP has gone way up. Are you interested in him at cost, uh, considering how good he was last year? He's going as the the quarterback two right now on on uh, on underdog. Um, are you interested in him at cost, or are you waiting or looking elsewhere at that spot? Uh, I would prefer to wait. Um, that's so expensive that I know this is a take from two seasons ago, but if I'm going to pay that much, I would rather just have Lamar Jackson. Um, mm-hmm. Uh, just uh, the the odds that he can rush for twelve, thirteen hundred yards, Lamar Jackson being that, um, is just wild. So if I was gonna take, if I had to take a quarterback in the fifth round that wasn't named Patrick Mahomes, it would probably be Lamar Jackson. I, I mean, I love Josh Allen, but the, he's going at like the five oh two or like the four or five turn. That's just so so expensive. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Jen, are you uh, are you looking at quarterback at that area? Um, in single quarterback leagues, are you looking? Uh, to, to a Josh Allen or Lamar Jackson, or are you still eyeing running backs and receivers in that zone? I'm usually eyeing running backs and receivers in that zone, usually receivers actually in that zone. 
But I think also it's an interesting question for redraft, right? Because it just depends on your league. I mean, different redraft leagues are so different. I mean, you have like the standard home league, which is a bunch of people that kind of know what they're doing, but kind of don't sometimes. And then you have more of industry home leagues. So I think it really depends. I mean, he may fall in certain leagues or he may go in the first round in, you know, in certain home leagues. So I think it's a kind of situation with Allen where um, I'm not going to go in and be like, okay, I'm definitely not drafting him. But if he were to fall, you know, I may take him. It really just depends if I happen to get digs, you know, depending mm-hmm. on where I am in the draft. If I'm in the back end of a draft and decide to go with digs, you know, at pick eight or nine or 10 or whatever, and then Allen is there in the fourth or fifth round, I may just grab him because why not? You know, he's going to put those points up this year. So I think it's really dependent on your league and who your league mates are. Um, I think he's one of those players that someone may draft him in the first round because they're just like, sweet, mm-hmm. he's the best quarterback, I'm taking him. Um, and then there's other leagues where people play quarterback chicken, especially in industry yeah. leagues. No one wants to be the first one to take it. So he may <laughs> slip to the sixth or seventh. I mean, I did an industry mock, you know, the four for four industry mock the other day where, I mean, nobody took, I think the, I think it was either Jackson or Mahomes went first in like the fifth round because nobody wanted to take a quarterback <laughs> in an industry league. So I think it really just depends on, on your league. Those are always so interesting. You're absolutely right. Like I do my home league, which is a two quarterback league, and it's it's a small league, and it's been around since the '80s. And and yeah. like <laughs> and it's it's so funny going from those industry leagues where I'm used to getting Russell Wilson in the ninth round, and then looking at that league, and I go and like it's the third round, uh-huh. and half the quarterbacks are gone. <laughs> exactly. Yep. Uh, Justin, in, in Dynasty, um, are you able to acquire Josh Allen or um, you know, Jen brought up Stephon Diggs, how good uh, he was last year and he's he's going late first early second in redraft leagues right now are you able to acquire those guys or are they just untouchable uh kind of the same way with redraft every dynasty league is the same but if you're in a super flex or a two quarterback dynasty league trying to buy someone like josh allen with his age and rushing profile is just astronomical you're better off just not trying mm-hmm. um stefan Diggs could be could be had i mean you're gonna have to give up a lot probably a couple future firsts and uh, you know, a young, a younger wide receiver. Dig, Diggs has a couple years under him, so it makes it a little easier. But uh, yeah, going going out and trying to get Josh Allen would be ridiculous at this point. Yeah, those other receivers in Buffalo. Are you interested in any of them for dynasty? Obviously, Emmanuel Sanders isn't really much of a dynasty asset right now. But Gabriel Davis kind of got some camp buzz a year ago. Uh, are you trying to target Gabriel Davis? Do you think he's got a role in this offense? Yeah, targeting Gabe Davis wouldn't be a bad idea. Um, I think the way that they're going to use Emmanuel Sanders, they're not going to use – how old is Emmanuel Sanders? 34 years old now? He's at least 65, I think. 65-year-old Manny Sanders. They're not going to use him in the, in the John Brown role where he's just going to be a field stretcher. So Actually, I think, Justin. Ooh, you think well, so? I, I, well, that's – yeah, that's, what, that's what's come out of uh, – I, I wish I had it pulled up. I have it written down, but I don't have the actual – article pulled up but yeah one of the guys from the athletic one of the beat writers for uh the bills has come out and said that sanders is going to take john's john brown's place rather than gabriel davis and that he was heavily pursued by the gm and that alan specifically uh, looked for manny to develop rapport during their spring workouts so that's uh that's the that's the latest of the you know listen we all know it's all coach speak and rumors and whatever but that is what's happening so i personally um, I'm going for Manny over Davis in yeah. in redraft and an underdog because he's cheaper. I mean, right now, you know, on underdog, uh, Davis is going as wide receiver 59 and Manny is going at 65 and they're one round apart. 
Um, in redraft right now, they're both going in the 16th round, so they're both super cheap. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. Oh. I'm sorry, I just totally butted in, but no, oh. no, no, that's good. I was gonna, I was <laughs> gonna go to it. you with Sanders anyway, and then Jen, I also wanted to say, like, are you are you taking a little Cole Beasley because Beasley's really productive, uh, but at the same time, he, uh, <laughs> <laughs> he he may he may retire, or yeah. the, you know, the, the the news has come out about um his displeasure with the uh the COVID policies for unvaccinated players. It sounds like he uh, has very little interest in being vaccinated. So uh, it, Cole Beasley, obviously if he's there, he's shown he could be a productive, uh, solid, at least spot starter on your roster, a nice depth guy to have. Um, are you interested in sprinkling him in at all, considering he's available in that same territory as Sanders and Davis? Not anymore. I mean, I, I've taken Cole Beasley this season and I have, I have enough of him right now that if, uh, if he does end up getting cut or deciding to opt out because he doesn't want to deal with the the COVID protocols, um, then I guess it won't completely screw me, but moving forward, I'm not going to take him because he's been pretty vocal about it. And I don't know how that's going to go when he's going to have to be tested before everything. And then he can't have lunch with the team and he can't, you know, all the different things that they've laid out, um, make it kind of difficult for people that aren't going to get vaccinated. And listen, mm-hmm. if they're not, that's totally their choice, but they, then they need to deal with all the, you know, the different protocol that's set out for them. They can't shower. They can't do all these things. So um, it doesn't sound like he's into it. So I don't mm-hmm. know what's going to happen with him, but it's frustrating because he is productive, like you said, and he does, you know, have a, a decent role in that offense. So, um, but yeah, for redraft, definitely not. In, in best ball, I have taken some of him, and I've taken enough that I'm I'm uh, going to stop that from here on out. I've learned so much about Cole Beasley this year. I didn't know anything about this guy, and then I learned he has a rap album called The Autobiography, which is amazing. <laughs> it's amazing that Cole Beasley has that. And Wait, so the now, album's amazing, or just the fact that he has it is amazing? Just the fact that he okay. has it is amazing. Oh, it's yeah. a banger. <laughs> yeah. I, I'll, I'll be honest, the album not terrible i'm not i'm not buying it i'm not putting i'm not listening to it in the car or anything like that but you put that on you, you head will nod a little bit a little head nod uh, but I, I i'm hoping that he retires and focuses on his rap career because i want a cole beasley j cole collaboration called cole cole world that's what i want i want the top single to be called pay your bills I, th- this is what I want. This is my dream for the 2021 season is Cole Beasley retires and just elevates his rap game but, uh, under the tutelage of J. Cole. That's what I want. Uh, Justin, your thoughts on Cole Cole World and how soon you would buy it? Um, well, I would definitely <laughs> definitely not take Cole Beasley in a points per vaccination league. <laughs> points per vaccination. But, but I would think about uh, queuing it up in Spotify. Cold, the cold, cold world. Thank you, thank you. See, this is my dream. This is this is what we're gonna we're gonna make it happen. I'm gonna will it into existence. That's what I'm gonna do. Uh, I want to talk Bills uh, running backs because that's that's kind of like a, an elephant in the room for this team is that we don't really know what to do with the running backs on this team based on uh, the the split work of Zach Moss and Devin Singletary. Singletary had a little more work than Moss last year, but it really was a, a pretty straight up split. Uh, so uh, I will start with Dynasty, Justin. Uh, Zach Moss, Devin Singletary, you can get Singletary pretty cheap in Dynasty Leagues. Uh, Moss, people are still kind of holding on to. Are you buying either one of these two uh, when you're looking at Dynasty formats? I would prefer not to, but there is definitely a scenario where I would actively look for an owner with Singletary and see if I could get him like as a throw-in. Because mm-hmm. I, know, I know he's getting cheaper and cheaper, I mean, both in Redraft and, and Dynasty, the more 
I mean, Moss clearly has the higher upside. Singletary's been around, and he's never really done it. Moss has the passing game role, presumably. But still, Singletary is really not being, like, shoved down the depth chart that much that we should just write him off. If you can get him for next to nothing in Dynasty, I would, I would go for it. But a lot of Dynasty owners might be thinking the same thing I am. So it kind of goes league by league. Yeah, 90 targets, uh, over 90 targets in two years for Singletary. You know, he's uh, actually the same age as Zach Moss. He had 50 targets last year. Moss had 18. Um, I don't know. Jen, Moss is going right now on underdog. Moss is going uh, like 40 spots higher than Singletary. Uh, Are you interested in either of these two at cost? And do you think that Moss is that much better than Singletary? I am not interested in either of them in any mm-hmm. format, to be honest. I just don't trust that Buffalo is going to use the run game or even their, it just, they don't have a reason to, you know, mm-hmm. it's just, it's not a priority for them. They've made that clear last year and nothing really has changed this year to make it seem like um, they're going to go more towards the run. So I feel like at ADP, I would so much rather have, you know, a Tony Pollard or, or Nime Hines or I don't know, AJ Dillon. I just don't really, like at that point in the draft when, when both of them are there, there's just always somebody I like better. So, and especially in redraft, I just don't see, I just don't see it. There's definitely that like touchdown issue. Like Josh Allen had eight rushing touchdowns last year. Zach mm-hmm. Moss, Devin Singletary, and Antonio Williams combined for eight rushing touchdowns last year. <laughs> so yeah. it's hard to imagine that changing. It's kind of the same issue that we've talked about before with J.K. Dobbins in the third round. You're saying, well, how many touchdowns are going to be available in that Lamar Jackson offense? But uh, I, I think I'm throwing some stabs at Singletary because he's so cheap. Moss's ADP has, has kind of eked up to the point where I'm not comfortable with it. But in best ball on underdog, I'll grab Dib and Singletary occasionally. Uh, I want to I wanna talk, Jen. I want to talk about the tight end real quick. Are you interested in Dawson Knox? I know that you talk about uh, tight end position. Anyone else on that roster worth kind of taking a stab at? Um, obviously, if Zach Ertz arrives, then that becomes very interesting. But uh, Dawson Knox right now seems like the guy. Are, are you? Is Buffalo tight end on your radar, or is it just uh, something you're ignoring completely? Uh, no, I'm not interested in Knox. Um, if Ertz goes, maybe. Honestly, the only guy I'm really looking at is possibly Hollister for streaming later because Ooh. I feel like he's kind of a sneaky guy that might end up. Knox just, I don't know. Supposedly he hired some sort of coach to help him catch this offseason. Um, <laughs> help help with his hand-eye coordination. I don't know how that really at this point in your in your life and career. But right. uh, yeah, so, uh, but yeah, I think Hollister is somebody that's there and no one's really talking about him, but uh you know, he made an impact last year in Seattle, and I feel like he's someone that um, may end up kind of creeping up and stealing that job, and um, he could be a possible streamer or waiver wire ad, waiver wire ad at some point. Nice. Well, little, little under-the-radar option there. I wonder if Dawson Knox is just playing Fortnite, if that's his hand-eye. I mean, right? It's like, <laughs> yeah. I don't understand. You know, you're in your 20s, like, I feel. And, and you've been training for this your entire, you know, I don't know how all of a sudden you're going to do something to improve that. But, you know. <laughs> Whatevs. Uh, let's switch to uh, Jen and my favorite team, the Miami Dolphins. Uh, lifelong Dolphins fans here. Uh, the big question for this, uh, Justin, can Tua uh, Tagamaloa take that leap into like uh, legit franchise quarterback territory? And then in Dynasty, has he gotten cheaper? Or are people still kind of clutching him uh, like they clutch their pearls? <laughs> um, I don't. I haven't really seen his value, at least in Dynasty leagues, uh, falter. Mm-hmm. one way or the other honestly I mean I think he could take that step 
I, uh, in a recent, actually our 4 for 4 Dynasty League we just wrapped up a few weeks ago, I went, I started off with, uh, with some other players as well, but I started off with Trey Lance and Tua as my quarterbacks as a, mm-hmm. um, a Hail Mary throw. So I think there's a possibility. I don't think it's like set in stone here. I mean, he really didn't outplay Ryan Fitzpatrick last year, so that's that's kind of a black mark. As much as I love Ryan Fitzpatrick, he's not a um a, a upper an upper echelon quarterback. But mm-hmm. I think the offense will go the way of Tua. So if he takes a step forward, I think the offense as a whole will take a step forward. Yeah, there's definitely upside there for two, and I'm interested in him. I just took him in Scott Fishbowl um, in the fifth round as my as my second quarterback. Uh, though Scott Fishbowl is a whole other element. Uh, you know, kind of the opposite gen for redraft. Uh, Tua is very available late in redraft leagues, and uh, uh, so his dynasty value kind of – I've kind of seen the same thing Justin has where people are still very interested in him in dynasty formats, so he, there's not really like a dip to buy right now. Uh, but in redraft, people really aren't interested in him at all, and he's been available. He's going as the QB 18. Do you think there's value there, Jen? Um, it, we'll take our Dolphins fandom off and try to be objective here, but where <laughs> uh, is Tua an interesting late-round target? I think so. I think he's right on the edge of a of a QB one. I think mm-hmm. he, I think he's you know I think John has him ranked as QB fourteen, uh, in you know in redraft. So I feel like he's kind of right on that edge. I think he's someone that, you know, he he's, he was coming off an injury. You've got COVID. It was a weird rookie season. So I do feel like, you know, maybe he didn't get his his best shot. You know, there, mm-hmm. and I feel like there is room for improvement. And I think you know. He's someone that you could target later in in redraft and kind of load up on on depth and all kinds of stuff there and get him late enough to be your starting quarterback. Um, and I think you know, as we all know in redraft in one quarterback leagues, it, it's easy to grab another one if you know if he doesn't pan out late. So I feel like you know he is worth the gamble there in the in those later rounds. Something I noticed, um, Chan Gailey was the offensive coordinator there for Tua last year, and Chan Gailey historically. Like they're his quarterbacks, they don't put up big numbers. Like historically, um, the only one who really did was Ryan Fitzpatrick, um, with the Dolphins the year before. <laughs> um, other than that, like even Fitzpatrick's Jets and Buffalo days, like he'd put up like an occasional good number, but his yards per attempt were always near the bottom of the league. It wasn't until he went and hung out with Bruce Arians and then came back to Gailey that that went up. Uh, so Tua ranking 30th in yards per attempt and all that conservative stuff that uh, people are kind of crapping on Tua for, uh, you know, consider that he didn't really have any options. Like you said, he was injured, didn't have much of a camp. Uh, and Chan Gailey's gone. Chan Gailey, it, some of that conservative play may have been kind of by design. So uh, late, you know, 14th round, you can get to a redraft. I'll take him as my QB too. I like that a lot. Oh, yeah. Good value, I know that's right? a lot on two of that. I guess I couldn't take my Dolphins hat off, Jen. <laughs> Never. <laughs> Other Dolphins to talk about. Uh, I want to talk about the receivers a little bit. Devontae Parker, um, obviously we've seen him productive when he's healthy, Jen. Uh, but, you know, this year – uh, he, there's always the question how many games he's going to play. Will Fuller comes in. Another guy questions how many games he's going to play for whatever reasons. Uh, and then, you know, Jalen Waddle shows up, the number six pick in the draft. Not sure what to make of him as far as a target share perspective, but we know he's dynamic. Are you buying any of these receivers? And just kind of let me know what you think of each of them. 
I'm kind of, uh, I'm hesitant to be honest on all three. Like I want to love them all, but the truth of the matter is I don't. I mean, I think Waddle's intriguing. I mean, right. He's got a relationship with Tua from Alabama. Mm-hmm. He is still relatively inexpensive. I think he's in the 10th round at the moment. So I think, you know, he may creep up who knows, but um, I think he's kind of intriguing. Fuller's a little scary. I mean, as you said, how many games are we going to get out of him? You know, is that burst that he had, you know, based on PEDs from before? I mean, who mm-hmm. knows with that? And Parker, I, you know, I've, I've taken a little bit of Parker here and there because I feel like he's kind of the one out of this trio that is the most undervalued because he really hasn't done anything, you know, to, to warrant people not wanting to take him, if that makes sense. So mm-hmm. um, that's kind of how I feel. I, I think... You know, I'll sprinkle a, a little bit of all three in best ball. I think in redraft, though, I don't know that I would take any. I mean, maybe Waddle uh, based on just, you know, having the potential of a fun rookie, you know, in, in a, you know, back with his, his college quarterback and kind of see what they can do. Yeah, Justin, any interest uh, from a dynasty perspective? Obviously, uh, Waddle is kind of the prize there. Uh, are you buying Waddle? Uh, do you think that uh, anything that you've heard about him or anything that you've seen in the dynasty league uh, territory, have you seen uh, things that make you interested in him in that format? For sure, Waddle, and probably only Waddle, as as easy as that is to say. Um, maybe Fuller, if someone's selling low for some reason if they're a rebuilding team and they don't need someone who's gonna play nine or ten games a season um but yeah waddle to pair him up with Tua would be a lot of fun um i would pay up for that but people are going to demand a lot because they just took him in the first round of this rookie draft so if if i didn't draft him already i'm probably not going to seek him out sure sure uh you know Devonte parker jen you know Six over six targets per game for his career. Yeah, yeah, he's not not bad. Coming two years ago, had a, like a really solid season. I, I I'm yeah. kind of with you. Kind of tenth round, like eh. yeah. And people are writing him off for sure. I mean, mm-hmm. I've I haven't heard a lot of people talking about Parker. Uh, he he yeah. should still be the wide receiver one there. Mm-hmm. Hmm. They just spread now the I'm ball interested. around so much. I mean, that kind of worries me. That's true. That's they still have Preston true. Williams. They have Jakeen yeah. Grant for all the all the, the silly ways they use Grant. He's still around. Other pass catchers. I want to talk Mike Gusecki. It's he's been kind of a breakout candidate for a couple years now. Let's start with Justin. Uh, this is his last year, I think, before he's a free agent uh, for Miami. Do you think he can get ahead of that mediocre tight end pack, like dynasty wise? Is he uh, a buy low option, or is he still pretty expensive? Is he worth targeting? Um, he. He still is a little a little expensive. Um, they did just get Hunter Long in the third mm-hmm. round, but as we know, Titans don't uh, typically do anything as a rookie, unless you're Kyle Pitts, of course, who's going to be the tight end one. They just signed Seaton Carter as well on their own team. They have Adam Shaheen, if you remember that name. So he might need to battle it out just on his own team before he's able to become that. I mean, be, being a tight end one in fantasy doesn't really mean much, but if he can become a top seven or eight guy, that I guess that would kind of jump over the mediocre, the mediocrity mm-hmm. at the position. But I don't know. I think he's still just like a, a tight end twelve, which doesn't do a lot in fantasy terms in dynasty or redraft. That makes sense, and he's battling targets too, which I, I guess could take pressure off him, or maybe could help. Jen, what do you think of Gasicki, eleventh uh, round right now, ADP on underdog? I think 
he's fine for where he is in the 11th. Like you said, I don't know if he can break out of that kind of middle tier. I don't see that happening. Um, one thing that I did see that I found kind of interesting was that um, he did see more targets with Tua than he did with Fitzpatrick last year. Oh. So, yeah, he had 6.2 per game with Tua and only five with Fitzpatrick. So put that in your cap, I guess, so to speak. <laughs> um, <laughs> I don't even know if that's the right expression for that, but you know what I mean. That is a little tidbit that, uh, you know, perhaps – He'll be used a little more than we think. It's tough. Like like Justin said earlier, there's a lot of people there and a lot of targets to go around. So um, I would, you know, it would be nice to see just like he take, you know, one more leap here before he ends his rookie contract and see kind of what, uh, you know, if he can break out of that kind of middle, you know, that Higby, Thomas, Tunyon, you know, that tier of just kind of they're all lumped in there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, tight end one, but it's really like tight end one D. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <You know? laughs> exactly. It's kind of what that is. He finished seventh last year, but you know, last year it was like top two, and then you know, top five, and then after right. that it was yeah. So <laughs> it's kind of where we went there. So let's uh, let's talk Miles Gaskin because uh, we we all love Miles Gaskin. Um, he's uh, probably the biggest beneficiary of the off season. <laughs> just based on uh based on what the dolphins didn't do uh they brought in malcolm brown but malcolm brown is probably more of a backup maybe like more of a pass blocking option for them so gaskin should get a full workload as long as he stays healthy uh justin we'll start with the dynasty aspect of gaskin are we finally buying him because it it seemed like people picked him up and then were quick to try to trade high on him last year i wonder if people are actually buying him now or if he's still someone people are a little concerned about in dynasty formats yeah, I mean, definitely his value has uh, shot through the roof in the past couple of months or so. I think everyone expected uh, Miami to take at least a running back. Um, mm-hmm. They took um, who? Did they take Dokes? Yeah, that was this year. Yeah, Jared Dokes Do- late, but I don't. I don't think that's a thing. <laughs> that oh, that yeah, that was like the two hundredth, two hundred and something pick or something, something like that. So. It's definitely Gaskin's job to lose. Um, if you're a contending team, I don't see any reason why you wouldn't go out and try to buy him. Um, no one's going to be demanding multiple firsts or anything like that. So go get him if you need some running back help. Um, there's no reason to think he's not going to uh, far out-touch uh, Salvan, Ahmed, Malcolm Brown, and then Dokes, who will probably just see 5 to 10 snaps a game or something like that. If I'm that, definitely yeah, in on, yeah. yeah, I'm definitely in on Gaskin. Um, I'm in the, in the middle of writing an article that I will probably be up by the time people are listening to this, so you can get my full thoughts on him there. But I mean, he was he was a workhorse last year in the ten games he played. I don't see anything changing. Nice. Gaskin, mid-sixth round gen in redraft right now. Uh, whenever they ask Dolphins officials what they think of the running back situation, what who they'll add, they always just say, we really like the running backs on our roster. So uh, sixth round, is that about right for Gaskin? Yeah. I mean, I think it's great. You know, you're getting a lead back in the sixth round. I mean, that's. I think Gaskin is a perfect you know, target for people that, you know, are doing some sort of a zero RB strategy or maybe, you know, people that, that decide to <clears throat> to get, you know, one of the elite tight ends early and, and a couple wide receivers, and then you can sling back and, and get Gaskin in the late fifth to early sixth. I think, uh, I think he's a great target for that. And I don't think that, <clears throat> you know, there's really that much risk of him not being the lead back, as you guys just said, you mm-hmm. know, I do think that, um, that Malcolm Brown and Ahmed, I think they're good, you know, late underdog targets. 
just mm-hmm. for, you know, you never know, God forbid something did happen to Gaskin, then there they are. But uh, I do like him. I like Gaskin. I, I think he's, you know, it's not often you can get a lead back that cheap. Mm-hmm. So I, I, that's, uh, you know, there he is in, in the sixth round when people are clamoring for running backs in the first couple, you know, he's just sitting there waiting as someone that is going to take a, you know, have a huge role. Yeah, limited to 10 games last year, but he averaged 14.4 half PPR fantasy points Mm -hmm. per game. That's 11th. That's 11th among running backs last year. So uh, more than Josh Jacobs, more than Chris Carson, more more than Austin Eckler last year. So I'm not saying he's better than those guys necessarily, although Jacobs maybe, but you know, quality player last year in his 10 games. I, I'm kind of with you. Uh, you know, I, I got to say these Dolphins, Jen, I've been targeting a lot of them in best ball leagues because they're so cheap. Like Tua, you can get really late. And I think Tua's range of outcomes is huge. I think he could be really high or really low based on the fact that he does run and he's got weapons. Waddle is going to put up at least four or five excellent best ball games. He's cheap. Parker, you said, is cheap. I think I'll be buying more of him after talking to you now. And Gaskin in the sixth round, like you said, a lead back at that uh, amount. I've been targeting Dolphins because of the um, affordability, the cheap stack that you could get with Tua Gasicki and and Waddle. Uh, How much Dolphins exposure do you have right now? Because I know you're in a ton of those best ball leagues. Well, I will tell you exactly the exposure that I have uh, of Dolphins because I wrote it down. So right now I I have 30 completed drafts on Underdog. Um, they, you know, the, the way underdog structured it, they split it up into, there were pre-draft, like pre-NFL draft drafts and then posts. So, and that's how the, that's how it lays on their website as far as you know exposure. So in the pre-NFL draft drafts, um, I've got, uh, two shares of Gaskin at 18.2% and then I've got one fuller at 9.1%. But in the post, um, I've got four shares of Tua, which is basically 22.2%. I've got three shares of Jasicki at 16.7%. Um, and then I've got two shares of Brown at 11, and then I've got Gaskin, Parker, and Ahmed all uh, one share each at 5.6%. So, you know, I'm not super loaded on them, but I am peppering them in there um, amongst my amongst my 30 drafts. Yeah, Justin, have you uh, gone into to any Dolphins exposure? I know you also do a lot of those underdog leagues. Yeah, uh, surprisingly less. I thought I had more. My most owned Dolphin right now is Will Fuller. Um, he's at 17% of my teams, which is actually kind of nice. I didn't think I had that much. I don't have any Tua, not one single share of Tua. Yeah. He's so cheap. I know it is interesting. I don't know what I'm doing here. (laughs) I don't know what I'm doing. (laughs) And then Gaskin, I have a little bit. What what was that? I've got 6% Gaskin. Um, I try to sprinkle him in, especially now that he's, he's continuing to drop all the running backs in that. And that dead zone are dropping, which they probably should. But some of them are dropping. We're talking like a full round, and this and this these are mid round guys. So a full round in the sixth round is huge. Mm-hmm. Uh, Gaskin was going in the fifth as early as a couple uh, as recently as a couple weeks ago, and now he's uh, like deep in the sixth. So I, I imagine my Gaskin exposure will continue to rise the further that ADP drops. It's a it's a value play at this point. If he's deep in the six, yeah, I'm going to end up with more Gaskin, too. I've been, I'm in about uh, two dozen leagues right now. Um, a lot of them are drafting right now. I'm in a lot of slow leagues right now, yeah. which is nice. I, I, uh, I'm able to kind of 
take a look at my team and kind of refresh what I was doing and try to figure out what stacks uh, I'm trying to hit. But I have a lot of two and waddle. Like I'll have to probably uh, reduce my dolphins exposure as I as I join more leagues and try to hit hit around that 40 or 50 number that I'll likely get to by the time the season starts, just because I have so much two and waddle. But Gaskin two and waddle. That I mean, that's such a cheap three person stack that's really mm -hmm. interesting to me uh any other cheap stacks or cheap options jen that you're uh kind of really targeting before we move on to the jets there's a lot of really good cheap stacks out there i mean the colts are really cheap you know mm -hmm. if you if you can believe that that wentz can kind of be reunited and and do his thing uh, you know in indy those guys are super cheap i mean even Pittman's cheap but i've been really going more for, for paris campbell you can get Hines, you can get, you know, Mo Ali Cox, Jack Doyle. I mean, all those guys are super cheap. Um, that's kind of been one of one of the uh, one of the later stacks. Also, I mean, a Cleveland stack is pretty cheap. You know, you can do Baker mm -hmm. with with Hooper and Landry for super cheap. You can even get Odo Beckham. I mean, for, you know, cheapish um, if you wanted to throw him in the mix. Um, you can throw Hunt in there, too, you know, as a cheaper, you know, um, in, in the running back realm so uh, i think those are probably i would say yeah the colts and the, and the um browns are probably the two that i've been targeting cheap wise you can also go super super cheap for pittsburgh if you believe um in ben's elbow which you know i don't know that i do but uh a lot of those pass catcher you know deontay johnson and ben and, and ebron and um they're they're super cheap as well even Najee Harris, you can get in the third sometimes, which, yeah. uh, you know, that, that ends up being, I, I've, I've done a little bit of Pittsburgh as a secondary stack. Like I have a primary stack right, and then, right. uh, Pittsburgh as a secondary one. Uh, Justin, what do you think Browns, Colts and, and, and Steelers, maybe a little bit sprinkled in as cheap stacks for you and any other values that you're finding as you're, uh, perusing the underdog best ball realm? Yeah, I like, I like those a lot. Um, I've been trying to get more Odell Beckham. I just think his the odds that he's he returns to health and and can return to slant boy status is pretty high. So his, where is he at? Like the end of the fourth or wherever he's at? I know. Than that. Yeah. Oh yeah, in the fifth. Then he's one of my most owned guys. Um, a real deep value that I keep I can't stay away from, and I'll probably end up paying for it. Is Sterling Shepard is like free, and I don't yeah. know that his I don't know that his um usage is going to change a whole lot. Yeah, those um, giant stacks are cheap. Really, really cheap. Yeah. Oh, it's so tough to for me to click that button for Daniel Jones. Oh, I know. <laughs> it, I just did it in Scott Fishbowl, so late, and I like, threw up as I did it. But <laughs> I actually, just, it's, it's tough. I think I took him as my, my third quarterback in Scott Fishbowl. Yeah, me mm -hmm. too. Ugh. Yeah. I mean, he's going in underdog. He's going like he's like the QB 25 or something. So it's, it's easy to complete. The, like you said, you don't, you don't want to keep it as your primary stack. But Evan yeah. Ingram's super cheap. Um, so you yeah. could go, you could go, Daniel, Daniel Jones, Sterling Shepard, and Evan Ingram pretty easily. I kind of just threw up there too. I don't, <laughs> can we? Let's cut that. <laughs> I didn't just suggest that. Don't don't listen to that. Um, my most owned player is not a value, but it's it's George Kittle. Oh, and I I keep taking him in in the third, and we'll see how that pans out. You know, let me uh, look at mine while we're doing the. Oh, shocker! Brandon, one guess on who my my most owned player is on Underdog. Uh, well, so my first guess is Kyle Pitts. It's got to be Kyle Pitts, right? <laughs> <It's>... <laughs> okay, I just threw up. 
up with that. <laughs> no, of course it's Chris Carson. It's got to it be Chris is. Carson. Chris oh, Carson. Nice. Well, actually, I'm, I've got a, I've got like a seven way tie here. I've got Chris Carson, Robert Woods, Jamal Williams, Curtis, and Curtis Samuel all at thirty three point three percent. I've been trying to load up on Curtis Samuel recently as well. So yeah, but Chris Carson is listed at the top, probably in alphabetical order. But I don't care; he's up there. You know, you, I love him. You know what's funny? And this shocks me. You know what my most, my two most owned players are? Is uh, Damian Harris and Jacoby Myers. Oh lordy! There you go. Well, that's a cheap stack too. Yeah, it's a very it cheap is. stack. Well, because Harris cheap. is sitting there in the eighth round, and so uh, you know, whenever he's there, I'm always kind of looking it, whether I'm doing like a hyper fragile build in best ball where I'm going to uh, excellent running backs early and then I'm kind of pounding tight end and receiver uh, or if I'm doing zero running back like Harris in the eighth always seems like he fits those lineups so apparently that's uh, what I'm doing and then Jacoby Myers is there at the end of every draft and he led the team in targets last year so you know so that's why I'm doing that but I, I was not expecting New England to be high on my list of um of regular guys that I'm going after right now. Not not really shocked. I, I do like the the underdog aspect. You talked about how you can see your exposure, which is a really neat mm -hmm. feature. Um I like best ball. I like to just use it as practice for all my um redraft leagues. I, mm -hmm. I know uh, it, you know, it's nice that you can set it and forget it. And so throughout the season, you don't have to like, there's no maintenance, but you can just check in. Uh, Underdog does a really good job of showing the different leagues that you're in and the status of each one. So you can kind of see which ones you're, you're making it and which ones maybe, <laughs> maybe got a little, uh, a, a little messed up early on. So, uh, you can see that really easy. And then I, I like the idea that it gives me a lot of drafts, a lot of drafts to kind of go through with real people. Like I like the software that we use, uh, that we're going to get into next month for our perfect drafts that's fun too but it's so predictable after you run a few of those simulations that it's nice to draft against real people and have that practice as well yeah and i mean I, you know the, the, the different price points is, is what appeals to me you know they're not all you know 25 bucks and 50 bucks you know you can get in there for three bucks and, and work yourself a, a, a draft basically and, and as i said earlier in the in the podcast if you use promo code four for four and you put ten bucks in there, you get twenty five bucks to play with right away, and you get a four for four subscription. So really, it's a no brainer. That's awesome. That's five puppy league entries if it doesn't fill up yeah. too fast, or one best ball mania entry. That's pretty cool. Exactly. <laughs> or you can spread it out and just do the regular weekly. You know, you you know, and I think I believe they're going to have daily fantasy. I mean, not like DFS, but you know, the daily drafts. I mean, they had it last year. So yep. each week, you know, weekly drafts where it's just for that week, and those are super fun too. Those are so much fun. <laughs> <laughs> um okay let's talk jets let's talk jets we got kind of side uh sidetracked there uh so jets are interesting to me jen because we don't know anything about them like uh, i've said this a few times on this podcast before uh it's a new quarterback it's new receivers it's probably newish running backs new coaching staff everything is new here um any of these guys interesting to you at cost based on the unknowns because they're we talked about cheap stacks earlier all the jets are cheap right now jen are you targeting anyone I mean, I know I'm supposed to be, but I'm not. Like, I just, right. you know, it's funny. I tweeted out the other day about Michael Carter. Like, everyone is all up in, up in Michael Carter, and I just, I don't know. I, I don't know if it's just, like, my brain can't reset from the gay era, and I can't reset from all of what, what, what we've had for the last couple of years, that it's hard for me to really put my, my brain around the fact that they could be okay for fantasy. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, I think Corey Davis is, is appealing. You know, he is... I'm cheap enough. And I think, you know, parts of that backfield, 
I just I don't I don't know what um let me look real quick. I don't know what Michael Carter's uh ADP is eighth, at the moment. Eighth round, which is or ninth round, ninth <sighs> round, which is why I'm not drafting Michael Carter. He's just too I mean, he's too yeah. expensive. Yeah. It's too expensive for for so much unknown there. Mm-hmm. Um, I think, and maybe also it's you know Zach Wilson looks like he's twelve, so for me it's hard <laughs> to like trust that. I mean, I look at pictures of him like, are you kidding me? Like this is the guy that's going to provide all this fantasy goodness for these players? I don't know. <laughs> I just you know I really like Jamison Crowder. I, I would love for him to be the guy, but it doesn't seem like he is. I mean, people are super high on Elijah Moore too, and I mean he's a rookie. We don't know. I'm pretty much staying away. Uh, they might be good waiver wire pickups in redraft because I don't know, you know, I don't know if people are going to be drafting them in redraft. I think mm-hmm. a lot of the more, you know, the, the more, be- you know, the best ball people, more, you know, sharper people, people in the industry are more involved in it. But I think the, the regular, you know, home league redraft people, I don't know if they know enough about the Jets that they may actually stay away as well. Mm-hmm. Um, so they may be able to, you know, pick up later on the waiver wire, but I don't think I, in redraft, I don't know that I'd be really drafting any of them. I mean, possibly Corey Davis as a, you know, wide receiver four or bench guy, if he ends up in the right spot. Yeah. Like uh, two highest drafted jets right now are Michael Carter and Elijah Moore. And I don't want any part of that. Like I Oof. I'm interested in them and definitely for dynasty, which we'll go to Justin here in a second for that. But I'm with you. Corey Davis in the 10th is, is really where my jets exposure is. Mm-hmm. And I'll throw a dart at any of those running backs at the end of yeah, the draft. Ty Johnson. I'll throw yeah. a dart in, in, in best yeah. ball too. And even Tevin Coleman's available mm-hmm. really late. Um, right. Michael P Ryan available really late. I'll, I'll, I'll throw a dart at one of those and I'll sprinkle which one in different drafts, figuring that one of them is going to get significant touches. Um, I, I think Carter is going to have a role, but I just, he's a fourth round pick. It's not like he's Javante Williams coming in as right. a second round guy. Like he, you know, there's, there's other backs on the roster. Um, and then Zach Wilson's free too. So he, uh, you know, another cheap stack. I, I have a lot of Corey Davis and Zach Wilson uh, stacks right now. I wish Crowder, I wish they hadn't drafted Elijah Moore because it just, he he fills what Crowder does so well, and it just scares me mm-hmm. that that it's. But but they re uh you know they renegotiate his contract. I thought he was going to get cut. They renegotiate his contract, so maybe he'll have a role. Uh, Justin, I want to hear uh, Zach Wilson, Michael Carter, Elijah Moore. All three of those guys are are well talked about in dynasty circles right now. Um, which ones are you interested in? Uh, all very talented kids, obviously. It's tough to buy into any of these guys. Um, I might rather just take the free pieces of the offense and, and see if any of them stick out. Like if I can go get Tevin Coleman for free, or if I can get Mims for free, uh, it's disgusting. And they're <laughs> the, the most likely uh, scenario is neither of them do anything at all or mm-hmm. get cut. But since everybody's up in there and I don't really know who's going to be the beneficiary of this offense, like they're going to move the ball. Someone has yeah, to touch the ball. They I have don't to. Know a little who bit. it is? Yeah, I mean, <laughs> at least a little bit. So I think I'd rather just take the free pieces. Um, Elijah Moore, of course, w- would have the best long-term outlook. But him and Jameson Crowder both win in the same areas of the field. So I don't really want either of them. And kind of like what Jen was saying, we're we're supposed to be taking someone from this offense, like everybody's confused as to where the ball's going. So that's the kind of team we should be pouncing on in redraft mm-hmm. or dynasty or best ball or whatever. But it's just so hard to know what's going on. I guess if the best way to do it is maybe you just go with Zach, Zach Wilson. He's so cheap that if you don't know who's going to get the ball, maybe just go get him. 
and he's um, going to start 17 games if he's right, yeah, exactly. they're not benching their their top pick for James Morgan or Mike White like that's just not what's right. happening <laughs> yeah so maybe that's the best I'm very impressed you just pulled those two names by yeah me. right oh no yeah kidding. that's what I do <laughs> <laughs> I don't even know who those people are me either. But... Nope. uh yeah no I, I would Denzel Mims is an interesting name because this guy was a high dynasty draft pick a year ago so right. uh you know he's he's one of those guys whose value has fallen based on the uh on what they've added so yeah he's an interesting dart thrower or maybe a buy low candidate in dynasty let's shift to New England because we're running low on time uh even though we've only gone through three teams uh New England honestly not a ton to talk about fantasy wise. Uh, I talked a little bit about uh, Damian Harris and about, uh, you know, Jacoby Myers early on, uh, which are, are a little bit interesting. Uh, Jen, are, are you interested in any of these running backs? Do you think that uh, Harris is a good value? Uh, do you agree with me there? Um, or uh, are you taking a stab at guys like James White or the rookie Ramondre Stevenson? Sony Michelle's still kind of in there. Anyone interesting to you? Uh, I'll take James White in PPR. I think he'll kind of end up back in that role. I think last year was kind of a weird anomaly. He had, you know, he had a family tragedy and then, you know, with COVID and whatnot, I just think it was kind of a mess all around. Um, Harris is tough for me and it's just me personally, because last year I actually had both Harris and White, um, on a redraft team and it was absolute torture every week trying to pick which one. (laughs) Um, sometimes I played both. Sometimes I played neither. And it was really, really difficult. I know all of a sudden Harris has become this huge hot name because I think one of the beat writers said he was going to be the RB1, so everyone's all over it. But it's Bill Belichick. I mean, come on. There yeah, is, you never know. There, there is no RB1 there. I, I don't know that I, I – yeah, I haven't really been taking either of them. Um, and I know a lot of people are excited about Ramondre Stevenson, but once again, that backfield is just not something that you can count on. Mm-hmm. And we know that year in and year out, there is no – you know, it's always a committee of some sort. So – um, in redraft, I'm staying away. In best ball, you can throw darts at all of them, to be honest. But mm-hmm. uh, in redraft, they're all a no for me. Uh, Justin, are are you buying the Ramondre Stevenson hype? Is he a, a dynasty target for you? I mean, a little bit. Everything Jen just said, I mean, just check all the boxes. I agree completely. <laughs> um, I mean, you could go for him. You know how New England always loves their versatility. Think about Rex Burkhead and... I mean, thousands of other backs. Stevenson is probably going to come right into a role in special teams. So that's good. He's going to be on the field. The coaching staff will probably love him. He'll get seven carries a game, just enough to get us excited, but not enough to become fantasy relevant. Um, I, would, I would go after him in Dynasty for the right price. Um, in redraft, you could go after him. He's the obligatory last Patriots running back off the board, and that's, you know, it's, it's like clockwork every year. It's just take who, whoever's cheapest and see if it works. <laughs> so maybe Ramondre Stevenson and then I, just nothing else on the entire offense, I think. I, I, I think Cam Newton rushed for 12 touchdowns last year. And we'll uh-huh. see how long Cam Newton is the quarterback there. But kind of a same, the same issue we were talking about a little bit ago with those Bills running backs and the low touchdown potential. Like if Cam is starting, that's the only thing that gives me pause about those dart throws at Damian Harris. Uh, even though I've been drafting him because eighth, ninth round seems like good value for his upside. But uh, but I'm with you on James White, 62 targets last year, and he's free. So uh, mm-hmm. he, he's definitely somebody worth taking a stab at, I would think so. Uh, Jen, it, it, Cam Newton's value in redraft right now, you know, when he played early last season before he got COVID, he was a quality 
uh, QB1 starter for you. I mean, he wasn't lighting things up, but he does so much on the ground that it, it gives him that high floor each week. Um, do you think he keeps that job long enough to be uh, a valid option in redraft this year? No. There's just too many other options. Mm-hmm. You know, if you're only if you're in a league with one quarterback, you only need 12 and he's just not up there. You know, mm-hmm. there's guys that have emerged like Hertz and Herbert, you know, that have taken those spots. And I just don't think, you know, yes, the touchdown upside is is, is appealing, you know, because he is going to run it in several times. But uh, <clears throat> I just don't know. I mean, listen, if you're in a, a you know, a, a deeper bench kind of uh redraft league where you want to carry two quarterbacks you know you may want to throw him in the mix because he you know like i said he will run for some touchdowns but as far as a straight up normal redraft league nah he's uh he's on the wire for me sure and then uh justin just uh tell me a little bit about mac jones and what his dynasty value is i mean it's it's two quarterback league dependent um in one quarterback league he's probably on the roster bubble um depending on how big the league is if it's like a 16 team league i guess that's different sure um you know he's in the qb 25 to 30 range so in two qb leagues that's someone you need to have on your roster he's going to clog a spot for presumably about half the year and then when he does get on the field he's not exactly going to be throwing bombs all over the place to star wide receivers so not not someone i'm interested in in dynasty pretty much regardless of format. Sure. Let's talk about those receivers a little bit, Justin. Uh, any of those guys interesting? They brought in Nelson Aguilar. They brought in Kendrick Bourne. Uh, they still have Jacoby Myers, I mentioned earlier. Uh, obviously, not really a uh, who's who of, of receivers. <laughs> uh, Nikhil Harry looks like he's uh, a bust. We'll see. He's now asked for a trade. Uh, in Dynasty formats, Justin, are any of them appealing? Not necessarily. I might. Um, I mean, Nelson Aguilar could be interesting. He hasn't done nothing in his career. He hasn't done a lot. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So maybe Aguilar born for sure. A dart throw, but I don't want Nikhil Harry. Um, Yeah. Wow. This this depth chart, something else. (laughs) (laughs) Harry's interesting because two years ago, I, I remember a couple dynasty rookie drafts, him going number one. Number one overall oh, in a few dynasty oof. rookie drafts, I remember because of that, you know, because of the, uh, yeah, uh, it, you know, Brady was still there and he was a first right. round receiver and all that. Uh, Jen, any of these guys worth buying for you? They're all cheap, so they're all, you know, uh, do you kind of follow the same idea of since all these guys are free, maybe you sprinkle uh, a couple in at the end of drafts, or are you just out? For redraft, I'm out. I just think that they're even like Jacoby Myers, like you said, is probably the the best one of the bunch as far as potential this season, but he's still like a wide receiver five or six. Yeah. So I just don't, I mean, I just don't see a reason to draft him. I feel like in that same kind of, you know, section of drafts, you know, you've got guys that, that may, I don't know. I just don't see, I mean, in best ball, I absolutely get why you would take him late. It makes sense. He may have, you know, one or two spike weeks where he'll, he'll enter the mix, you know, cause that's what you want in best ball, right? You want, guys at the end to have a random two touchdown week you know to to retain their value but in redraft yep. there's just no reason to draft someone like that um he's gonna ride your bench the entire season you may need him on a bye week or two um but i feel like at that point you can either get him off the waiver wire or someone similar yeah and that's usually a backup tight end area for me too uh, mm-hmm. uh often i'm grabbing anthony ferkser there somebody cool commit right. somebody like that 
Um, so uh, quickly, we'll, we'll, Jen, I just want to ask you about the two tight ends there. Uh, we're all angry that Bill Belichick <laughs> took two quality fantasy tight ends and turned turned them into um, two non-relevant tight ends because they theoretically they'll cannibalize off each other. Are you drafting either of them? They're available pretty cheap now, but uh, you know, obviously not super excited about the quarterback, the offense, or the fact that they're there together. Uh, is there a value that makes them interesting to you, or are you just out? I'm out and redraft for both. I just feel like, once again, if you're looking at a, at a single tight end league, um, there's there's 12 people ahead of them that I think are, are you know are the single tight end. <laughs> they are the starting tight end in that. Um, they both have appeal. That's the thing that's frustrating. They're both very talented. They both, you know, Hunter Henry is, is a major mismatch in the red zone. You know, Johnny, they're both beasts. I mean, they're great players. But unfortunately, mm-hmm. like you said, they're going to cannibalize each other. And we don't know what, you know, I feel like it's it's a risk. Um, when you're sitting down to draft or redraft team to take either one of them because you just mm-hmm. don't know what's going to happen. I think both will end up being streamable, though, in redraft situations throughout yep. the season, um, depending on once we see how the usage and the volume shakes out. But I think sitting down in August, it's just too hard to pick one, so you got to go with none. And best ball tight end, too, I'm taking them, but that's it. Right, that's that's right. the only situation, yeah. just because they will have good weeks from time mm-hmm. to time. Uh, interesting, good on underdog, uh, highest ADP, for New England Patriots at all is Damian Harris at pick 88.8. And then Nelson oh. Aguilar is number two at 132.8. Just just shows shows what we all think about the Patriots uh, offense this year. Uh, so uh, we're running a little long, so I will let us go. Uh, but everyone, be sure to follow Justin on Twitter at Justin underscore Redwords. Check out all his stuff at 4for4.com. Uh, I know he's got a lot of stuff coming down the pipeline, and his offensive line work is my go-to for any offensive line information every year. Justin, thank you so much for joining us. Any last thoughts or plugs before we go? No, uh, it's great to be here. Uh, keep keep an eye on four for four. I'll be dumping out bunches of uh, running back content, um, a little bit of dynasty content sprinkled in, and I'll be updating those offensive line rankings sometime in the next few weeks. Excellent, excellent, Jen. Always an absolute pleasure. Any final thoughts before we go? Uh, no, I got nothing. I'm just uh, working away here. I've got a uh, no. I mean, I've got. I, I just had an article that came out last night that actually I really like. It's uh. 12 second year running backs and wide receivers to target in your fantasy leagues. And I cover both uh, underdog best ball and regular redraft. So, Oh, nice. Um, yeah. I've got that just coming out and then I've got a bunch of other stuff coming out um, and it's all at four for four. Excellent. Excellent. And I'm going to be putting out my return specialist argument uh, article sometime in the next week. So uh, Jen, look for that to uh, be in your editing inbox. Sometime. Can't wait. <laughs> Can't wait. <laughs> uh, listeners, thank you so much. Listen, don't, for, don't forget to subscribe to this podcast. You can follow us on Twitter at two guys, Brandon at the Monday mommy. Thanks again. Have a great day.